When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Well, we've got more food being recalled, this time frozen shrimp. I know. The Aventi Frozen Foods is voluntarily expanding a prior recall back in June. Now they're including certain consignments of various sizes of frozen, cooked, peeled, deveined with some packaging that had cocktail sauce in it. <laughs> That's it, though. And it's just a possibility that they've been contaminated with salmonella. That's it. And they were distributed nationwide from November of 2020 until May of 2021. The recall expansion has been initiated out of an abundance of precaution and will cover a large amount of product that is not been associated with any illness, but been undertaken following discussions with the FDA and the CDC. Wait, there hasn't been anyone sick from it? Because later in the story, it talks about where there have been nine reports of salmonella-related illness to date associated with these cooked shrimp distributions. Huh, that's weird because they say that it hasn't been a part of these products. Maybe it's just these particular products. You know, the Big River frozen cooked, peeled, and deveined tail off shrimps, the 365 frozen cooked, peeled, and deveined tail shrimp, A hold frozen, A hold frozen, Sensa frozen, COS frozen. They're all the frozen brands. So the CWNO brand, the First Street brand, the Nature's Promise, the Harbor Banks. Harbor Banks has got a lot of them. The HOS brands, the Meyer Thrifty Acres. I guess they're not Thrifty Acres anymore. And uh, the COS frozen. Then we've got the C. Cove, the Sandbar, the Waterfront, the Wesley Farms, the WFNO brands, the Hannaford brands, the Food Line brands. That's it, though. (laughs) Just something to think about the next time you open up that bag of frozen shrimp that's in the freezer. Those product codes are out there, so I would, you know, be careful. Of course, they're telling you that if you've purchased any of the products listed in the recall to not consume them and return them to the place of purchase. So good luck and enjoy that frozen shrimp. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. As long as we're talking about food, we might as well stick to it, right? I mean, there's plenty of stories around food with uh, prices rising, shortages happening. So we can start with, I don't know, maybe the SNAP program, you know, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, formerly known as food stamps. Well, it's expanding their food assistance 
Average benefits are going to see over 25% boost above the pre-pandemic levels. It's the largest single increase in the program's history. It'll start in October and impact about 42 million people. Yeah, about one in eight Americans currently are using the program. The average monthly benefit per person was $121 before the pandemic and will increase to $157. While the change may seem, you know, a little small, these supporters say the bump could reduce hunger and improve health and nutrition for many families. It's only going to cost about $20 billion more a year. That's it, though. Now, according to leading industry sources, grocery stores across the United States are worried about food shortages, so they're worried about groceries hoarding because of disruptions that are pushing America's food supply near its breaking point. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, McDonald's, Starbucks, Popeyes are all taking extra precautions to avoid shortages amid supply chain disruptions and increased sales. So there are at least, uh, you know, people are out there buying. And McDonald's says it's keeping an eye on tight supply of straws and paper bags. drive through and takeout orders have increased over the past year. Duh, I wonder why. Fast food supply chains are under added pressure with the sales up. So, you know, they're tightening the supplies with the straws and the paper bags. And they told franchises, McDonald's that is, to limit orders of bags and straws. So if you want a bag at McDonald's, I wonder if you get a cheaper deal if you just bring your own. Hey, I brought my own bag. Can I have a, you know, do I get a deal? That's kind of cool. I kind of like that, actually, if that's if that's true, Popeyes has taken precautions to avoid shortages ahead of the chicken nugget launch. Well, okay. The chain uh, spent six months stockpiling frozen chicken to meet demand. Okay, well, I kind of like that. Um, according to this story now, Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, Starbucks, and Popeyes aren't experiencing straw and bag shortages right now oh really yeah the there are some shortages due to national transportation delays you know like shortages of vegetables and guacamole steak rice and you know even the tortillas are uh are running a little low and at taco bell the taco shells and chicken beef are running a little low and <laughs> that's that's all though i know i know and we have coffee prices climbing through the roof because of frost and freight costs so the most devastating frost in decades in some of the top coffee producing countries like brazil and record freight costs have sparked uh shipping log jams and expected uh retail prices are going to go uh, through the roof so that's good news. That's really good news on coffee if you're a coffee drinker. And I mean, if you go to Starbucks, you're already spending quite a bit on that coffee that you're ordering, on that latte that you're getting through the drive through. So, sure, those prices are definitely going to go through the roof. You can count on that. Tyson Foods raises its prices already and they say they're scrambling to keep up with inflation huh really yeah 
they've seen increased prices for chicken and prepared foods. Uh, they're trying to, you know, keep those prices going. And they're saying they can't increase the prices fast enough. Okay. Uh, because of the rising cost of raw materials, they are saying uh, uh, those materials are charging us more money. The demand is through the roof, so we're just charging you more money. Really? That's how it works? You mean companies, they have their products that they sell to people, and because it costs them more, you know, for the people working there and the products, they charge the customer more? Huh. It's weird. I didn't realize that's how it worked. And I mentioned wheat supplies. Yeah, they're shrinking as well. So your bread prices are going to be headed through the roof as well. Good times. Good times right now. And we've had reports of alcohol shortages. Well, beer to be specific. In uh, Ohio, North Carolina, Vermont, and many other states now, they're blaming that on supply chain shortages you know, related to the pandemic. Oh, okay. So if you're struggling to find your favorite beer on the shelf, that's why. And don't worry, it won't affect the prices. Well, it will affect the prices, but they're just going to pass it on to you. And the one thing that all these products have in common, water. Well, the first ever federal water shortage has been declared for Lake Mead. Huh. Really? Remember we talked not long ago about Lake Mead and almost Deadpool. Well, for the first time since its construction in the 1930s, the federal government has formally declared a water shortage at Lake Mead. It's the nation's largest reservoir by volume on the Colorado River. I mean, okay, sure, no problem. Now, the Bureau of Reclamation states tribes and water users have been planning for drought conditions to become more severe and apparently have created contingency plans on who would have their water allowance reduced first in addition to helping farmers and other water users voluntarily reduce water use okay now the water level of lake mead has been on the decline since 1999 hotter temperatures so a series of agreements governs water use from the river as well as cuts to be implemented when the water levels dip below a certain threshold i mean we're almost there right now if you look at what's deadpool for them uh if lake if the lake loses another 175 feet it's no longer gonna put water through the hoover dam okay so i mean that is deadpool and cuts off everyone downstream that is uh you can quote me on this not good <laughs> not good at all i mean why i don't know why we don't start this now i don't know but they're not starting it really until the first of the year so they talked about the first round of cuts going to have the greatest impact on arizona farmers they're going to lose 18 percent of its share from the river and that translates to about 8% of the state's total water use. Okay. Farmers in Arizona are likely to experience the brunt of the water cuts. All right. Under the water allocation cuts, Nevada will lose about 7% of its allocation. Okay. Mexico will see a reduction of roughly 5% or 80,000 acres 
a foot. You know what? I would say, just me off the top of my head, how about we tell Mexico, um, we won't cut your water off if you stop sending people across the border. But that's just me. <laughs> uh, it's just me because that's not going to happen in today's world, I guarantee you. So according to the Bureau of Reclamation, the Upper Colorado River Basin experienced an exceptionally dry spring. Uh, really? With April to July runoff into Lake Powell totaling just 26% of the average, despite average snowfall last winter. So not real sure what the issue is there. So it's clear, according to this, that the pace of climate change in the Colorado River Basin poses a huge threat to water supplies on which everything depends. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, the Colorado River is the lifeblood of a lot of places, a lot of people, a lot of companies, and a lot of food. So that's a big problem. So that'll just affect some of the food prices around America. And so just good things are coming. Good things are coming. You can quote me on that as well. Good things are coming. (laughs) Oh, man. Let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink while we still can. (laughs) Oh, that's good. No, I mean it. It's good. I mean, even with the, you know, prices kind of going through the roof and shortages on some products, at least some of the fast food places are trying to, you know, reimagine themselves. I see where Taco Bell has put out their new design for their latest drive through concept, which features like it's got an elevated kitchen and a, a what they call a gravity-defying food delivery system. It's like a cross between a bank and a toll road. And so you do your order online, or I, I'm guessing online. I guess maybe you could order back a ways. But then you pull up to lane one, two, or three, depending on how big the Taco Bell is, and they drop you your food. I don't know. The restaurant is up above. I'm not sure if you can actually go up in to the Taco Bell or if it's just completely a drive-thru because it looks more like a complete drive-thru. It opens up, uh, you know, the opportunity for new gigs. I mean, if a car breaks down, who are you going to get to tow out? Maybe you sign a deal with Taco Bell for your tow service. Car breaks down, we're towing you out of there right now to keep the traffic going. Let's go. (laughs) Just an idea, just a thought. Maybe you're, you know, the on-staff Taco Bell mechanic. Help people, you know, take care of their cars in the drive-thru so you keep the traffic going. And I see where Wendy's has, uh, we talked uh, We talked a while ago about McDonald's pulling out of the underperforming Walmarts. Well, Wendy's is taking that job over and they're saying, well, we're, we're going to move in. Now, they've called it their little snack shops. It's, uh, it's their little hamburger stand kind of concept. And they have one open in Ohio already. And what's kind of special about it is they're selling products that you can't get at the regular Wendy's. Like this particular snack shop has uh, strawberry Frosties and a new jalapeno chicken nugget. I'm not sure I would like that, though. But 
The Strawberry Frosty sounds kind of good, although I'm just a chocolate frosty kind of guy. But, uh, you know, I'd try it. Sure, why not? Go ahead. <laughs> what, am I going to say no to a Frosty? No, that's not going to happen. This is chewing the fat, okay? I'm not going to say no to a Frosty. Did I mention that, uh, have, have I talked about my YouTube channel lately? You should subscribe to it. Uh, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, YouTube channel. You might as well subscribe to it. You're already listening to this show, so which means you're a subscriber. You should go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It costs as much as it costs to subscribe to this show. <laughs> I know. So it's uh, it's a deal. And you might as well follow me on uh, social media as well, at JeffyJFR on Twitter, Jeff Fisher Radio on Instagram and Facebook. And you might as well come along for the ride on Parlor, although I haven't been on there in a while. And I don't know that it technically exists anymore, but they it is. I mean, I went on to the website and posted something a little bit ago, and uh, it's there. I just don't know that it's worth it being there anymore. And, you know, speaking of that, I see where uh, the chat app Yik Yak has returned. It's back in the app store. What, you don't remember Yik Yak? Uh, it's the anonymous chat app that uh, went away a few years ago. Yeah, I know. Um, in 2014, one year after the original version launched, uh, Yik Yak exploded and they loved it. But apparently uh, things went all awry when uh, people started bullying and harassing other people and there were bomb threats and so it shut down in 2017 originally it was worth like 400 million bucks people were loving it this anonymous yik yakking that was going on so now it's back up and it's saying hey we're trying to clean up the toxicity and it's one strike uh, no bullying policy and we're providing links to mental health resources and though we're we're good to go oh okay uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see how the old yik yak <laughs> breaks through if you start hearing about yik yak on tiktok then you know it's gonna it's gonna take off because tiktok man uh tiktok is uh where it's at and i don't necessarily agree with the whole tiktokin because of the uh chinese underlings that are going on with it. And we've been through that on this show as well. I don't need to, you know, tear into TikTok again, but I see where people now are. Uh, I saw a story that talked about how TikTok uh, cleaning dishwasher filters, a great story about <laughs> these TikTokers who are posting, uh, posting themselves cleaning the dishwasher filters. And I don't know if you've ever seen a dishwasher filter, but they are not, well, they're filters and they clean out gunk and look, it is nasty looking. I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to pull the filter out. I will, I will, I will be TikTok puking on my TikTok post. Although I don't have a TikTok page. Maybe I should fire one up. But uh, I love how the idea is that we're just posting nasty dishwasher filter post i love the internet that's what makes the internet great right there you're able to just 
have everybody post cleaning their dishwasher filters. <laughs> and I see now on TikTok, they've got the mask vigilante going on. And they are looking for you nasty people on TikTok that are cyber bullies. And if the great Lundini, who's the masked vigilante, decides that you are a bully, um, we're going to find out who your real identity is in seven to eight clicks. That's his deal. He says that I can find someone's real identity, or at least the group can, within eight clicks. Okay. Now TikTok has suspended and deleted the group's accounts. But if they're really, you know, masked vigilantes and they want us to be proud of the great Londini, aren't they going to come back as another account and break through the, the TikTok wall? I think so. I think so. So if you're a cyber bully, watch out. The great Londini could be on you at any time. Okay, we've got to talk about Bob Dylan being sued for allegedly grooming, sexually abusing a 12-year-old girl. Bob Dylan, he's being sued now for allegedly grooming and sexually abusing a 12-year-old girl. In 1965, holy cow, come on now. So the New York Child's Victim Act, which passed in 2019, opened up a window for people who claim they were sexually abused as children to file lawsuits against their alleged abusers. And we've seen that happen in the past few years, since that happened in the past couple of years. Well, the look back window in the law closed this past Saturday. That's when the law expired. Now, this lawsuit filed against Bob Dillman was filed on Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, In 1965, he's being accused of sexually abusing a 12-year-old girl. Okay. Apparently, according to documents... The alleged abuse occurred multiple times over a six-week period between April and May of 1965, with some incidents occurring at his Chelsea Hotel apartment in New York. It claims that Dylan exploited his status as a musician to illegally provide drugs and alcohol to an underage girl. Huh. Okay, Um, I will say just from all of this, it makes sense that a spokesperson for Dylan said that uh, this 56-year-old claim is untrue and will be vigorously defended. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, according to this, uh, Dylan's predatory sexual and unlawful acts against the plaintiff amounted to a series of harmful and offensive contacts to plaintiff's person, 
all of which were done intentionally by him to her without her consent. Well, I mean, if it happened, that makes sense that that actually happened. And as a result of this alleged abuse 56 years ago, the plaintiff has sustained physical and psychological injuries, including severe emotional and psychological distress, humiliation, fright, disassociation, anger, depression, anxiety, personal turmoil, and loss of faith. A severe shock to her nervous system, physical pain, and mental anguish, and emotional and psychological damage. Huh. Wow. It's been a long 56 years for this plaintiff. I will say that. Now, the plaintiff is identified only as J.C. in the court documents. But I will say that, uh, and you can quote me on this, it sounds untrue. Now, I know that Dylan is 80 now. Could it have happened? I guess. Maybe. (laughs) I guess. Uh, If it did, uh, okay, he's a dirtbag, but it was, uh, this is the only time I'm aware of that something like this has been claimed against Bob Dylan. And, you know, it happened in 1965. You couldn't say something prior to now? It's taken 56 years and up until the last day of the Child Victims Act law being open. That's what what it took. It took 56 years and up until the last day of the Child Victim Act. She finally couldn't take it anymore. She just couldn't take it anymore. So... She decided that we are going to file this lawsuit against Bob Dylan 56 years ago is when it happened. Now, you know, has she been suffering all these 56 years? I mean, I guess it's possible that she's been suffering. I don't know that she's sustained physical and psychological injuries, including severe emotional and psychological distress, humiliation, fright, disassociation, anger, depression, anxiety, personal turmoil and loss of faith, a severe shock to her nervous system, physical pain and mental anguish, and emotional and psychological damage. I don't know that it's been all of that, but maybe all of it is wrapped up into the 56-year time span, I guess. I mean, Dylan's been married a couple times. He's got like six kids. He's, what is he worth? Maybe, maybe four or five hundred million Something like that. He just made a deal not long ago selling a bunch of his stuff that was reportedly three or four hundred million. So he's worth at least that. So maybe this lady, you know, wants to have Dylan write her a check for a few million to make her go away. But if it's, I would say no, then no way. No way. And his lawyer said, or his spokesperson said that they will fight it vigorously and denied all of the allegations. And I don't recall anything like this coming up against Dylan over the years. Maybe it's been hush-hush. 
Maybe we're going to start, you know, this opens the floodgates to, you know, Bob did this to me too and paid me off. We'll see. But I find it hard to believe that nothing like this that I recall has come out against Bob Dylan in all these years. And now we're to believe that this one lady who was then 12 in 1965 had this happen over a six-week period and nothing else nothing else if you're kind of that dirt bag don't you continue to be that kind of dirt bag i mean <laughs> looking back on experience normally if you're that kind of dirt bag you continue on down that dirt bag road don't you and if he was or has been that kind of dirtbag during the whole Me Too movement, and especially the last couple of years of this uh, New York backdoor, we can bust you <laughs> law, that you'd think that people would have come out, right? I mean, that's what happened to Bill Cosby. That's what's happened to Harvey Weinstein. I mean, people came out of the woodwork. So maybe, you know, if people start coming out of the woodwork against bob dylan then we'll you know we'll say wow how did this guy become this big a dirt bag for all these years and nobody knew i just find it hard to believe it's just me i just find it hard to believe that something like this has been kept a secret uh against bob dylan if he was actually this kind of dirt bag Maybe it's just me. All right, we still have uh, all kinds of news coming out of Afghanistan and whether they predicted that it would fall this fast, which they obviously did not, at least this administration did not. And, you know, seeing all the pictures out of there, you'd almost think that that's what an actual insurrection looks like. <laughs> you know, again, maybe it's just me. But I see where the Afghan president, uh, Ghani, you know, he left. I mean, he just fled the country. And we're not real sure where he's at right now. Um, but we do know, according to this story, that he left the presidential palace in Kabul on Sunday as the Taliban fighters were toppling the government and the city. And he said, to avoid bloodshed, I thought it would be better to leave. Oh, okay. No problem. Now... He is a former World Bank academic. He holds a doctorate from New York City's Columbia University, and he didn't say where he was going, where he was going. But as the collapse was happening, according to this story, he left with four cars full of money and tried to stuff another part of the money into a helicopter, and it all wouldn't fit, so he left some of the money lying on the tarmac. That's what's being reported. I don't know if it's true or not, but I mean, I guess he can't be expected to leave without any money. <laughs> so at least he'll have a little bit of cash with him wherever he lands. Maybe he lands in the U.S. I see where Osama bin Laden's family uh, still has a Bel Air estate 
that's been abandoned since 9-11. That just went up for sale for $28 million. And it's a, it's a nice little shack in Bel Air. It's uh, 7,100 square feet. It's got a couple acres of land, seven bedrooms, five bathrooms. And it's only $28 million on sale in Bel Air. Maybe, maybe the former president, or I guess he's still the president, maybe not, of Afghanistan. Maybe he, you know, moves in there. It was built in 1931, and it's ready to ready to move in it probably needs a little bit of work since it's been abandoned for 20 years but you know who knows maybe he'll move in there and i see good news from the taliban the leader that was uh telling everyone he's the leader and he's you know we're taking over afghanistan yeah he was released from guantanamo bay in 2014 yeah remember the deal that obama had where he released five Taliban commanders from Guantanamo Bay in exchange for the American deserter uh, in 2014. Yeah, uh, he's now back in charge of the Taliban in Afghanistan. So there's that. I don't know. Does it matter? Probably not. Probably doesn't matter at all. And to this administration, of course not. I see where they're making a big deal out of President Biden calling the Dallas ISD superintendent this past weekend, you know, when he wasn't speaking to the American public at all about what was happening in Afghanistan. He called, according to the superintendent, he got a call from President Biden as a a voicemail telling him that he was proud of us, Dallas ISD, for making this opportunity available to our students. He thanked me for having the courage to stand up for our students and our community. Okay. Has anyone heard the voicemail? I keep hearing reports. Now, I'm not doubting. Well, yes, I am. But I'm not. I guess the president called him and left a voicemail. But I have not heard the voicemail. So is it true? I guess it could be true. It makes sense that it could be true. But I haven't heard the voicemail. So I hear all kinds of news reports saying that there was a voicemail. I hear all kinds of news reports. What a great thing it was that the president called and he's backing up the Dallas ISD. But I haven't heard the voicemail. So I would just I would just like to hear the actual voicemail of our president in the, of the United States of America calling the head of the Dallas ISD, telling him how proud he was of, uh, of this Dallas independent school district for enforcing the mask mandate. Just, I'd just like to hear it. I would just like to hear it. And speaking of insurrections, I see where two Seattle police officers who were at the Capitol on one six, the day democracy almost died. They've been fired. Yeah, they were there. And they claim that they didn't take part in any of it, but they were there. And they say they were 30 to 50 yards away from the Capitol building and never saw any signs of disturbance. And there's no 
information that says they're under criminal investigation by the federal authorities for their actions, but they admitted they were there and there was a post of them being there. But, and there were four other officers who actually admitted that they were there as well. Now, these people are the first officers, the two officers, the Everett's, who are married, that have been named and that have now been fired from the Seattle Police Department for being there. Oh, okay. Now, according to Seattle, the Seattle's Office of Police Accountability found that the Everett's, the couple, violated the law by trespassing at the U.S. Capitol while rioters stormed the building. Hmm. Okay. According to the police discipline report, they also lied about their activities, and they claimed they didn't see any disturbance, but FBI photographs showed them directly next to the Capitol building at about 2.30 p.m., which was 30 minutes after the demonstration had been declared a riot. Okay. The officers told investigators they had no idea that the event had turned violent. But nearby and within your line of vision, numerous people were scaling a stone wall to the Capitol steps, climbing the scaffolding, and crowds were surrounding the building. So according to the police department, their presence there was unacceptable. Okay. All right. If you say so. And they, uh, yeah, they're, they, they've been fired. All right. They're both from Texas. Originally, they were married. They were working for the Dallas Police Department and the Round Rock Police Department. And they've been married. They moved to Seattle uh, once they got married, I guess. And now they're looking for a job again because they were there at the Capitol on 1-6, the day democracy almost died. So we talked yesterday about the coming booster shots, and I see where Pfizer has told the FDA that the booster shot elicits strong immune response to the Delta variant. So people who received a third dose of the Pfizer-BioNTech coronavirus vaccine elicited stronger immune response to the Delta variant compared to those who only completed the two-dose regime. Huh. Well, now we find out that... We're going to be advised that boosters for most Americans eight months after vaccination are good to go. And that's what needs to happen. Oh, okay. So most Americans should get a coronavirus booster vaccination eight months after they receive their second shot and could begin offering third shots as early as mid-September, according to administration officials familiar with the discussions. Their goal is to let Americans who received the Pfizer, BioNTech, or Moderna vaccines know how they will need additional protection against the Delta variant. Okay, so the booster shots are coming. Now, is that, they say eight months, you know, so I feel like that's going to be less time. Like they're saying that it, it uh, your your immune process drops down past a certain point after eight months. So you're going to need to stay on top of that. So let's get you that third booster shot about 
four to six months after your second shot. And then, you know what? Let's go ahead and just give you that booster shot uh, once a year. And, you know, once every nine months or so, just to keep you going and keep you safe. Okay? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Okay? Can we do that? Sure. We absolutely can. And I still haven't read anywhere. And I'm going to have to dig in and see if I can actually find out what it is. But I want to know what the third, what that booster shot is. Okay, so is it the first shot of the Pfizer or the second shot of the Pfizer or Moderna? And I I haven't had anyone. Maybe is it a combination of both? I don't know. I don't know. I just would like to, I would like to find out. And just as a side note, sure, you're going to need that booster, that third little shot for the Delta variant. The Lambda COVID-19 variant. Yeah, we're seeing where that really... um, you know what? It may be vaccine resistant to the vaccines we have now. Now it hasn't been peer reviewed, so we'll just go with it's just a theory right now. So I would say that you know the lambda variant, it's the mutation that was identified in Peru and it's popping up around the world. And I would just guess that perhaps you need to get another shot another booster shot to cover the lambda variant as well so you're going to get that third booster shot of the moderna or pfizer to cover the original covid19 and the delta variants and then you're going to have to go ahead and get another another shot for the lambda variant and whatever other variants pop up so you might as well just plan on getting uh, vaccines once a month from now to the end of time (laughs) <laughs> I was. I looked at a headline uh, the other day that talked about how uh, what will it take to get back to normal? Um, I don't think that if you, I don't think that's going to happen. If you think that we're going to get back to the America before the fifteen days to slow the spread. <laughs> That is funny because that's not going to happen. There's not going, there's no more pre pandemic normal life. I mean, it's going to be life pre pandemic and life post pandemic. We're not going back. Look at what's going on around you. We're not going back. And I know it's sad, but true. I want to go back too. Uh, you know, what would we do to get back the days of pre-pandemic days of mean tweets from Donald Trump? And I know, I know, but it's not going to happen. I mean, we've already reached the 70% vaccination rate here in the U.S., right? Americans are still, I think we're, I think we're above the 70% mark total population vaccination rate so we were told hey get to that 70 percent vaccination rate and then we'll be good right because the science continues to change so those days the pre-pandemic days they ain't coming back my friends not gonna happen not gonna happen i just it just isn't all right i'm just gonna leave it there it just isn't i love the story of the Tennessee vaccine official. So good. Now she was fired. 
a while ago because she was released something about kids and vaccines and they got all pissed at her in Tennessee. So she got the boot and she claimed that she was fired without cause. And now she claimed that, uh, people sent a dog muzzle to her to shut her up. She said, someone mailed it to me in an attempt to intimidate me Well, we've investigated that. And she has denied sending the muzzle to herself. That's not really true though. <laughs> because, uh, after the investigation, um, they found that she did mail it to herself. Huh? Really weird. I don't know what you hope to gain from mailing a dog muzzle to yourself and then go on CNN and say, people want to shut me up. They're sending me a dog muzzle. (laughs) Okay. So it, it came through Amazon. So apparently they investigated and they found that it was sent to her through an Amazon account and charged with the same American Express credit card that she used on another account. So it was her or her husband. Now I will get, I will go off on that because she claimed that, uh, you know, she was fired for trying to do her job and she was sent this muzzle to try to shut her up. Maybe hubby wanted her to shut up and sent her the dog muzzle himself. Maybe we'll find that out. I don't know. I don't know, but I love the idea that she was claiming up and down that people were sending her a dog muzzle to shut her up. And yes, yeah, she had, she had sent it to herself. But now that I think about it, maybe it was the husband that I believe. and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.